Oh god, it's going already. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a very successful start. Okay. Um, welcome to Dungeoneers to Dungeon Masters. I am Milo Wallace. <laughs> you have to introduce yourself. I can with the cat. Why? I don't know. I'm Hannah. <laughs> uh, so we have our cat here. Well, I guess I say our cat. It's my cat. Diana. I live with you now. You know? Um, but yeah, welcome to our first episode. This is going to be a train wreck. Hold on. Um, uh, yeah, so we're here to talk about D&D, I guess. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess I'll go first. Um, I've been playing D&D for, oh god, fuck. Uh, <laughs> a long time. God, when was I in eighth grade? How old are you in eighth grade? Uh, like 13. Okay, so I'm going go to be 14. Okay, so I've been going for at least a decade now then. So, Fuck. yeah. So I've been playing D&D for, we'll, we'll call it a decade. Uh, started on 3.5 and moved to 5e back in 2017, I think. There was a, was there a fourth edition? There is a fourth edition. Okay. I've never played fourth edition and yet I have two of the books. Is there a third and a 3.5? I'm not sure. I would assume. But since I started on 3.5, I've never really looked into it. I'm going to assume. Because I've only <laughs> ever heard of like 3.5. I've never really heard anyone talk about 3rd edition. There probably is. It probably wasn't very good, which is why there's a 0.5 in there. That's, yeah, that's probably fair. Um, I feel like I only ever hear about like 1st, 3.5, and 5th. I hear about 2nd occasionally, but very few people, I think, really play 2nd. Because wasn't that what your dad played, or did he play 1st? He played 1st, as far as I know. Like, he was back in the day like, here's the caster, and yeah. that's it. <laughs> Having to deal with fucking Thacko. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't even... Was Thacko even part of 1st edition? I thought I Thacko so. was like a... Because I thought that's what it started with. I thought it was 3rd. Oh. That, yeah, that's what it is. That's what 3rd edition does. 3rd edition's Thacko. Okay. Yeah. Because they talk about... I've heard people talk about that on other nerd-related things. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was one of the things that, like... I think it was Matt Mercer talked about on, like, an Um Actually episode was Thacko. Yeah, like, to hit armor class zero, zero. And yeah. it's just, like, ridiculous math. It makes like, no sense. Why... Why would you ever be hitting armor class zero? That just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it, it was also just like, I think it was like really convoluted on how you calculated everything. And I'm like, why, why you got to do it like that? That's why I love 5e so much. It's like, everything's so simple. Like you say that, but I don't think a single person can correctly calculate anything in D&D. Attacks, damage, Adding modifiers to your rolls. <laughs> okay. But have you looked at a 3.5 character sheet? No, why would I? Literally, I why do, would I? Do not recommend. Uh, the fact that you have your normal AC, you have your touch AC, you have your flat-footed AC. What is touch AC? I'll be honest, I don't know. Haven't I played, you played 3.5? I, I played for years. We never, it never came up as relevant. No one ever knew how it worked, and so we ignored it. Hmm. You know, that's honestly fair. <laughs> we only used the base AC. Um, you only, you only had three saving throws to worry about. So instead of, like, one for each skill, you But only... one for each skill makes sense. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> like, what were the three in 3.5? You had reflex, which was dexterity-based. Mm -hmm. You had will, which was wisdom-based. And you have fortitude, which I believe was constitution-based. 
So what about like intelligence or charisma? Or how are you not rolling strength saving throws? Like of all the things, I they feel just like didn't exist. I feel like the three things I'm doing most. It's like constitution. It's like wisdom or it's strength. Those are the primary saving throws I'm making. It just sometimes did not matter. Okay, well, uh, fair enough. You, you still had the, like, the main skills, and so you would still do checks and stuff, but mm. for saving throws, you only had three saves. You had your base attack bonus that was based on your class and level, mm. um, and then there was like, all kinds of things you had to do with like spell failure. Um, like There was a percentage where like your spells could fail if you were wearing armor, stuff like that. Oh, weird. Um, that kind of just reminds me of like misfires on the gunslinger class. A little bit, class. yeah. Okay. Um, but, like, this would apply to any spells. Like, say, okay, I played a sorcerer. Mm-hmm. I could not wear any armor or have any shields. Huh. Um, I also, my hit dice was a d4. <laughs> yeah. But is that kind of like a barbarian of, like, wearing armor or whatever is, like, never going to be as good as, like, you're unarmored? Or was it well, that sorcerers, you I know couldn't? Unarmored. I couldn't wear any armor, and I didn't, because if I wore armor, it would fuck up my spells. Oh, okay. Um... I also remembered the... So you know how in, like, 5e, you get stuff kind of every level other than just, like, spells? Like I mean, some by class, default, you, like, yes. have to get yes. stuff. Yeah. Some classes did. Uh, sorcerer, when you start as a sorcerer, you get a familiar. Hmm. That's the only thing you ever gain other than your spells. Oh. Well, that's awful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was a pretty shitty thing. Spells were great. But why uh, would you play it? Why would you play a sorcerer then? Were the spells just that good? Uh, so there's this thing called prestige classes. Okay. So there was a fuck ton of them. There were some core ones, and there were some like other branching ones. And I went with the dragon disciple, which Ooh. was an option for any spellcaster that didn't have to prepare their spells could like take oh, this prestige okay. class. But there are only ten levels that you can take through prestige classes. So it makes most sense to like go up to level 10 in whatever class and then take 10 levels in the prestige class to get to your 20. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are requirements that you have to meet. And so I remember it was like, you had to know Draconic, you had to have like certain skill proficiencies. And I think it was like, you had to have like a certain number of ranks and certain skills. Hmm. And skill ranks, I can get into a little bit, are... <laughs> ridiculous so every time you level up you get a certain number of ranks it was like two as either like two plus your intelligence or like two times your intelligence or something like that two times your intelligence seems a little bit crazy but you take these uh like skill points and you put them into whatever skills you want hmm. uh and so you could get some ridiculous modifiers i yeah that makes sense because the skill is whatever like your base is based off of like your like ability score and then however many ranks you put into it and then if you have any miscellaneous modifiers that just seems so overly complicated (laughs) and it doesn't say intelligence modifier it just has intelligence oh so if you had an intelligence of like say even just 10 you're putting in 12 skill ranks right at minimum, or if I'm correct that it's multiplying, that's 20. That's, yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's really crazy. But also, there are so many skills. Yeah. You had things like use rope as a skill. Lock pick, or pick, pick lock <laughs> is a skill. Uh, jump, swim, climb, uh, spot check, search check. I just... Heal. Like, some of those things make sense, and then other things it's just like... Why not just roll yeah. a dice about it? <laughs> yeah. Like, that just doesn't sound fun anymore. Like, where's the role-playing in all of yeah. this if it, you just are p- 
putting in all these points everywhere. That's kind of what the problem with 3.5 was, and that's what they really fixed with 5e, I think, is by simplifying that skill chart so it doesn't take up the entire page. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think you have shown me a 3.5 sheet, and I it's do remember ridiculous. it just being jam-packed with numbers. Because you've got all kinds of, like, knowledge arcana, knowledge whatever, yeah. professions, like... It just seems like it wouldn't be fun. Like, you would either have to fully memorize your character sheet, or just every time you're doing anything, you're just scanning, like, three columns yeah. of garbage. It was kind of ridiculous. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a good time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad they've changed over. <laughs> Yeah, so that's where I started. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, right! <laughs> uh, back, in the, back in the days of old, one decade ago. <laughs> it's weird to think that I only switched to 5, one, like 5e once I started college. You say that, but I only started playing D&D in true. college. That, so, that's true. Because, like... <laughs> yeah, because I switched over to 5e, because I think that the first couple times I played with Val, we were still doing 3.5, and then Ooh. we moved over to 5e. Okay, interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And that's also where I started, like, really... Because I DM'd a little bit in 3.5, but I didn't have any of the books. That Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then I somehow acquired 4th edition books. I don't know how. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. We should run a 4th edition campaign just to see how, oh, like, gosh. weird it is. I'm telling you, it'd be really funny. I feel like I'd really need to look into it, because I don't know anyone who played 4th edition. I don't either. But... But, but yeah. We could be those people. You know? But, yeah, and then I started, like playing in 5e, and then DMing 5e, and then I've just kind of been a forever DM for the past, like, little while. Every now and then, people will be like, hey, we're gonna start a campaign, and then nothing comes of it, or it does, like, one session. I mean, I think in fairness, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think you know a lot of people who know enough about d and who are, like, comfortable DMing, or if there are people who maybe want to, like, start with a one-shot or something. And That's true. Honestly, it's kind of hard to get a group of people together for things. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I know. Because, <laughs> like, I would totally DM a one-shot, but I would have to put a lot of research into it before I did that. And that is completely fair. Or there's, like, also, like, ones that you can find online that you can just... I, I definitely recommend those, especially for people who are starting out. It's like, use something pre-made. You do not have to start off creating everything. My dream campaign is to get my dad to play D&D with, like, a bunch <laughs> of my friends. Like, I don't know how, but, like, he's in San Diego for some reason. And I run, like, a fifth edition Tomb of Horrors. And I, like, tpk him in the same way that when he was running first edition, he TPK'd his party in a Tomb of Horrors game. And I'm pretty sure they, like, didn't create special high-level characters. He just TPK'd his friend's actual, like, made, leveled-up, yeah. like, long-running characters. And I'm pretty sure they just might have gone back and, like, ignored Tomb yeah. of Horrors. But, like, imagine... You've, like, played your character for years or whatever, and then you get Tomb of Horrors. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's why I feel like if you're going to do a one-shot, you don't bring in a character that you care about. No. That, that, that's a chance for you to create something new, create something that you don't have to, like, worry about playing long time, and, like, something that, like, you may end up enjoying and want to play again later. But you don't go into it with a character that you care about. Yeah, I would definitely play another one-shot with Crunch Pants. <sighs> Crunch Pants. <laughs> <laughs> the best boy! <laughs> Crunch pants and tonk. What fuck? What was it like? Orange. The paste dynamic and tooth duo. Juice. They go together like orange paste and tooth juice. <laughs> <laughs> that one oh. shot was great because I love how he immediately just got charmed. 
That's what happens when you have, like, a low wisdom character. Well, wasn't that also, didn't you have to go in and kind of nerf the, like, one-shot a little bit because we were missing people? Like, didn't we not have any sort of healer because someone had to drop out, like, last minute? So we were just totally fucked on this. And the fact that it was an undead-themed thing. So I was expecting a cleric with, like, destroy undead. And then our cleric didn't show up. (laughs) And so it was like, okay fuck, how can I fix this? Because I had, like, initially planned, like, so many zombies. Yeah, another Halloween one-shot would be very funny. I would love to reincarnate. Those oh, yeah. characters were very funny. I like the idea of playing, like, like a zombie apocalypse-type thing of, like, Do D&D. those games not exist? There, like, there there's gotta are. be, like, a Pathfinder type of... Oh, I'm sure that there are. I just don't know how many of them would be, like, free. Mm. And I don't know if I want to, like, spend the money on it when I can just, like... Make one Warp up yourself. Warp D&D a little bit. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. Uh, <laughs> I started playing D&D junior year of college. So, like, 20, yeah, 20, 21. Because we started, it was your campaign. And I think it was everyone else's, it was like, uh, we were sophomores and juniors, right? Because we started playing it in Sage's apartment in Tamarack. Yeah. So that would have been soft, her sophomore year. Yeah. So yeah, my junior year, and then I didn't actually start playing in that campaign Until for like a, a couple later. months. So yeah, 20 or 21, I would say. And then I've played in campaigns that are pretty much primarily run by you. Yeah. We had that the, one the like... one with Elizabeth. Yeah, that like summer campaign that we did like two different times because we did it that first time. And then the second time we tried starting it again right at the beginning of COVID with some new people. And then we had one session and never did it again. Yeah. And then also in Riley's campaign, he's like the only other like long running game. That's fair. DM that I've had. Do you have like, I guess like a class or like a particular race that you feel like you like always end up wanting to play as? Or that you've really enjoyed playing as? Um, I really like my... Anything gay. <laughs> well, that's D&D. How are you going you know. to play D&D and say, my fantasy character is a straight person? <laughs> I guess that would be kind of a fantasy character, because you're you playing know? something that you're not. But that still sounds very uninteresting to Just me. Just like, ah, uh, yes, hello, I am straight white man. I think most of my D&D characters end up being lesbians, because I can't imagine having to, like flirt with men in a D&D That's true. setting. That just seems embarrassing. You're like, I can flirt with girls, and then I don't well, have to I worry can't. about... Well, I can't. You've seen no. me well, I know. It's the, in theory, I can flirt with girls and maybe get better. Yeah, that's what I use D&D for, is to, like, improve my flirting skills. I'm just not very good at it yet, but, you know, maybe one of these days. Once you hit level 20. Yeah. Um... I feel like I've been trying to play different races and classes just to, like, get a better understanding of what I like and what is good for me. Uh, with that being said, any class that's, like, very confusing is probably not something... Like, that's you've fair. seen me play my Blood Hunter, and then anything more than just, like, I use my weapons, I just forget to do entirely. That's like, fair. I can't do extra things. I'm like Arden with his inability to cast inspiration. Like, if there's an extra... (laughs) Which I do forget to do a lot with my bard. Like, I only cast inspiration outside of fights. Because that's the only time I remember to do it. That's fair. But I really liked the warlock that I played in your campaign. Because that was just, like, a super broken character. And that was very funny. And I like that warlocks are very, like, simple spellcasters. 
Yeah, it's like you get a little taste of spellcasting, but you don't have to worry about, like, you don't have to prepare your spells. You don't really have that much that you have going on. Yeah, I think I would definitely be a little bit paralyzed with choices if I was, like, a wizard. <laughs> or if you were, if you went with, like, a druid or a cleric, anything where you, have to pre- where you have that massive spell list and you have to prepare them. Yeah, that just seems a little bit overwhelming. I really like the bard that I'm playing right now, and I think that's for the same reason of, like, limited spells are fun. The only thing I don't like about limited spells is that I'll, like, pick spells that, in theory, I think I'll use. And then you have to wait until you level up to be able to change them. Yeah, that's the one thing that's kind of screwed me with, like, lower spell capacities. Yeah. But still fun. Yeah, I'm like, that is the nice thing about preparing spells is, like, you can be like, okay, I know that, like, in this next day I'm going to really need, like, this kind of spell, so I'm going to go ahead and prepare these. The downside is when you're like, fuck, I really could have used that, but I didn't have it prepared. But that's, you see, that's where sometimes wizards really come in handy is because they can still cast their unprepared spells as long as they're ritually casting ritual ones. that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, so, like, if you're a wizard and you have ritual spells, why would you ever prepare them? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. It's like, it it just takes, like, ten extra minutes. And then I've never really played, like, a fighter-based class. I guess I played the barbarian for that one shot, but that doesn't really count because I wasn't really, like... Getting to choose how I was playing him for most of that encounter anyways. I feel like you would enjoy a higher level fighter where you're just like, okay, four attacks. Yeah, like a monk where it's just like at a certain level you just have broken fucking attacks. Sounds fun. We see fighters get, I think it's up to four attacks when they take the attack action at high levels. And then you can action surge for another four attacks. Okay, that's, yeah, that's definitely in one turn you're just like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, that is very impressive. I, yeah, I don't know if I've found, like, my dream class yet. My backup character from my other campaign is a rogue, which I'm excited to play again. Oh, because nice. I only played a rogue for, like, a very that short summer. Time. Yeah. So I'm excited to play a rogue again, and this would also be, like, at a slightly higher level, so it would be interesting to see nice. how that actually works. Yeah, high-level rogues are ridiculous, mostly because I think it's at level 11 that they get the reliable talent. Yeah. Where they can't fucking roll below a 10 on anything that they're proficient with. Yeah, and I'm really excited too because I she's going to be the new, the bunny class, the Heron God. Oh, nice. <laughs> which, which Riley doesn't like. He does not want, <laughs> he doesn't like the fact that I'm going to be a rabbit. Why? <laughs> he just does not like those types of like races, I guess. I think it like breaks his realism he says with a dragon born in his party <laughs> but he was not happy about me playing this rabbit but i'm excited to play this rabbit you're just like oh do you want me to be a tabaxi instead cat burglar oh that's i don't like that <laughs> those are just like i don't know I, that just feels like a good character for a rabbit because they just, like, they can jump, and they yeah. can run, and they're small. I guess they can be small or medium, but she's going to be small to, like, match the other character that I'm currently playing. Nice. But, yeah, I don't know. I like I like my Blood Hunter. I think I'm a lot better at her weapon attacks than I am her other attacks. <laughs> That's okay. It takes practice, and it takes, like, a lot of time of thinking about, like, okay, this is how I can, like, combo these things, and, like, use a Blood Maledict and then do this, or, like, I'm going to go ahead and activate my like right my crimson right at the start of combat so that way I've got it going throughout and I don't have to like forget about it yeah I think in my defense we've kind of moved away from like what my character is actually good at fighting yeah like had I been better at playing that character at the start of when I joined the campaign she would have been a lot like 
more OP than she is now, where it's like, we're not fighting a lot of undead things anymore. Necrotic yeah. damage isn't really, like, that super for me at this point. So maybe if we end up going back to that point, I'll be better with her. But yeah. now we're just, like, fighting people again. And it's like, well, I guess I'll just, like, use my weapons. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, who knows where things are going? Like, y'all are kind of coming to... What you're you're coming toward the end of like the kind of like anthropy arc yeah. that's going on. I assume at some point we'll have to go back to the weird like angel arc that we started, which will also be a nightmare for me. By the way, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, y'all haven't come across uh, any of the other corrupted angels yet, so. And I I just don't know if we'll be able to just fight that them again like we did the first time. I say we as if I contributed at all. <laughs> you, my you, job was just sticking my you, you hand held, on You the held the door open. I did hold the door open. It's why we had a satchel of my blood for so long. <laughs> Your role was doorstop. Yeah, well. <laughs> and then Manu's role was just yeah, block. Yeah, you know what? He was a doorstop in a different way. Yeah. I was stopping the door from being closed. He was stopping it from being open. They're both very important tasks for the two idiots who made the problem in the first place. That's true. <laughs> Although for this uh, kind of shift in like the party dynamic from like uh, losing half the party and then like kind of regaining like new people in the group, um, how do you think that would go with facing another one of those with like the current group that we've got? Um. Hmm. I feel like I would need a recap of how the like angel was actually really defeated. I mean, I feel like it was a it was a lot of Manu and Demeter. Yeah. Who were doing the heavy lifting on that one? What classes were they again? Uh Manu was barbarian and fucking ridiculous barbarian that when he raged was immune well, not immune, sorry, resistant to all damage mm. because of the fucking totem thing and then oh. like his also psychic resistance. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, true. And then, like, the bard, uh, and then um, Demeter was a rogue. Hmm. But yeah, so. So I think. That, I mean, we have a barbarian, so that's good. Yeah. I I think Fu would be a helpful component to that that's fight. That's true. Yeah, it's just the main things about those corrupted angels is that they are immune to necrotic and radiant. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm truly, like, out of this fight. I mean, I can do you this, have like... Blast. Yeah, I guess I do have Aldous Blast Because <laughs> that's force. So when in doubt, Aldous Blast. That's true. That is that is a new thing, though. That would not have come in handy the that first time we fought. So, yeah, I guess I'm just doing, like, very... I just, like, I can't do any fun stuff. Yeah. But I, I think the rest of the party would be competent enough to deal with it. I feel like you could do good, like, distraction with, like, your mirror image spell and everything. Mm, that's true. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I say not knowing when we're going to be encountering or if we're ever yeah, going to I'm encounter like, these angels this again. This is an open world. There are a lot of things happening all kind of going on at the same time. It depends on where y'all end up going with it because you got... Let's see, you, you have Gregor learning that magic exists. A nightmare. Although <laughs> I'm excited to see what he does as a wizard. That'll be funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've got... Speaking of wizards, uh, you, <laughs> yeah. you, you have that situation going on. You've got you've got to eventually maybe save Maggie. I just don't know if that's going to happen at this point. I don't know. But yeah, so you've got that going on. You've got still like the last like little bit of like getting this chain link back. That um, shouldn't be too hard. That's just going to be like a lot of traveling. It's going to be a lot of travel. It's not like we haven't done that before. It's also going to be seeing if you can find the place again. 
because it was a thing out in the middle of the desert mm. that, like, you were kind of led to. That's fair. I feel like we could probably find someone who could help us then. Yeah. That doesn't seem impossible. Yeah, and then you've got, like, all kinds of other, like, little things going on. Like, you've got the benefactor, you've got... That um, I am interested in. I would like to do more with that, for sure. You've got uh, heading to Anvarat uh, for, one, picking up the lottery winnings of oh. five gold. Yeah, I don't give a shit about <laughs> and, that. <laughs> but also, registering your group as, like, a, oh, that's official true. adventurers. Oh, that's true. We do have to register our group. Hmm. So, who knows what could happen there, and who knows what things may be going on elsewhere in the world of, like, I... If I put y'all anywhere near the chance to get a boat again, I know that Sage is going to jump for it. Yeah. I would love to do more stuff with the vampires again. I thought that was a fun yeah, I mean, thing that hey, we were doing. If y'all go back up to Anvarat, they're right over there. That's a good point. So, yeah, vampires are doing their I to see Vampire thing. Mommy again. <laughs> oh, why'd you gotta call her that? Because <laughs> she's hot! <laughs> <laughs> Don't deny me what makes me happy. <laughs> Hot vampire lady. You know, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) My new character will like her just as much. (laughs) You make a character that's a member of that cult. (gasps) That would be so fun. We have a werewolf and a vampire in our party. Uh, Excuse me, a werebear. Okay, sorry, a werebear. My apologies. I guess, should we also introduce Arden since you're kind of like here giving a little bit of input? You may need to get closer to the mic. (laughs) As he puts down Stardew Valley to join in the convo. Yeah, Arden will be helping us with, like, audio editing uh, and is also a member of the campaign. Uh, Hi, I am Arden. I am Milo's husband, and I'll be editing this and sometimes popping in. (laughs) I play the the bard that is, unfortunately, has been turned into a werebear and doesn't like it. You truly were, like, the worst person to get turned into a werebear. Like, I think anyone else would have been kind of okay with it. Fu would have fucking loved it. Yeah. But I, I think because I don't like it, that's how we've actually, this is gonna be solved. And that's oh, true. And yeah. God is not going to wake up and all the lichens are just going to be free reign feral. Yeah, absolutely uh, right. Free range lycanthropes. You're right. I said free reign, but... Yeah, that's true. No one else would care enough to, like, do anything about it. That's true. Although, I don't know, with the, like, shorter moon cycle, I think it would get annoying for anyone after a while. I think that's yeah. the thing, is, like, I, I don't know if it's necessarily, I think Kieran just doesn't like the fact that, like, he can potentially hurt people hurt people that, like, he loves, and also just kind of in general. I mean, you know, he's a good old farm boy. He doesn't want to hurt people, but... <laughs> farm boy. Uh, <laughs> But oh, I don't want wine, obviously. Yeah, it's annoying. But it's also the thing of like, oh, this is bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, he went out to find out more about himself. To like, you know, find out about his parents. <laughs> and now he's just why, like, why oh god, more they, things are happening. <laughs> why the fuck did they leave me in a mountain? And now it's like, oh, damn, now I have a life purpose? Well, there's Shit. all that stuff with your mom, right? Yeah. yeah. Is there oh, a yeah, reason that's... why nothing's come up with your dad or did that happen before i joined the campaign well, no, they, oh yeah so the this is like my adoptive mom that is stuck in the Feywild. wild oh, that we thought she just like I either disappeared or died and so then, this has nothing to do with like your birth parents no then? so i started, so that's a complete separate thing ah. um for reference they're a changeling i was getting to that but i'm a changeling and so um 
trying to figure out, hey, oh, I guess, you know, I'm Faye. Who are these people that, like, gave me up? What does that mean? Um, I don't even know if he wants to confront them. I think he just wants to know more about himself. That may change. Who knows? That's fair. But, yeah, so when I got... Yes, and then at... I don't know what love six. I don't it's fifth. I think it's because my bard is able to use third level spells, and she's a fifth level bard. But I, you know, just decided randomly one night to be like, huh, I guess I'll try and, like, contact my mom. Because we never knew if she died or if she just kind of, like, peaced out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And surprise, surprise. And it surprise, works across planes. She, she was alive. So now there's that. All right, I'm going to Okay. started. <laughs> Thank you for your input. <laughs> Yeah, like, I definitely really enjoy DMing and getting to spin all these, like, little webs, and then hopefully everything will pull together, but we'll see. We'll see how much chaos has to happen before things can really pull together. Yeah, it's definitely interesting, this campaign versus the, like, last campaign. Awakening. Like, just because that one had, I felt like it had deeper plot, like, threads from the beginning that kind of made sense even when we were just kind of fucking around. I was making it up as I went. Well, it, it worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I have no idea what's going on in this yeah, campaign. Once, it seems like y'all, there's a bunch of shit. Yeah, once y'all kind of broke up with, like, David's patron, Yeah. I lost all plot. And That's so fair. I was like, fuck, okay, they're free, they're loose. <laughs> um, <laughs> loose party members, what will they do? <laughs> what sins will they commit? Many. Bank robbery. <laughs> That's still one of my favorite memories, just of, like, do just the fact of there being a and d bank robbery is so <laughs> funny, and I love that it happened, like, while Mama Shortlegs was in labor. I like how we used it as part of, like, my character's things of oh, killing yeah. off players. Like, it was very funny. It worked out very well. Oh, yeah. It was... It was definitely a fun time, and yeah, like, I definitely feel like we could have, like, done more with that world, but I feel like things kind of came together in a way that, like, worked, and, like... Certainly, if that world was ever, like, returned to, it would have to be an entirely new set of characters, because those old characters are entirely, like, too powerful to ever be usable as characters again. It was also just, like, a weird thing of, like, by the end, I feel like no one actually liked each other. Like, none of the party really ever fully bonded, I think. I don't know if that's entirely... Who do you think in that group were actually friends by the end of it out of the party members? No, you're right. I don't actually think those party members liked each other. Yeah, no. (laughs) By the end of it, no one had really bonded. People tolerated each other, but I don't think anyone was actually friends. I, I, this is a funny thing to think about of just... I guess I, I haven't played multiple campaigns with everyone, but I have noticed there is a through line of, regardless of what campaign it is, Sage and I's characters never get along <laughs> I very know. well. And I think it's because Sage creates characters that are designed to be chaotic, yeah. regardless of like what their role is in a party. And I just, I can't, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Something about it will always get on my nerves. Like it, it's in that a character outlet of like you're like in real life, we're friends. We live with each other. But in game, <laughs> we don't have to be. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know what it is. And like it doesn't matter what kind of character I play either, because it's like 
truly only in one campaign do I put on any pretenses of, like, trying to be a good person. And yet, for some reason, maybe our campaign is, like, the closest I get of, like... Like, I think Gregor and Nisa probably get on the best. But, like... (laughs) I mean, he did eat your ass. No! You have to to give context for that. Do I? (laughs) Fine, I will. For context, Gregor is a cannibal, and he's trying to find the thing that tastes better than human flesh. And as an Azimar, I thought it would be funny if he ate some of my flesh. So I let him take two strips of flesh from my rump. (laughs) And it turns out (laughs) that uncooked Azimar rump is just as good as human flesh. But no one else in the party knows this happened, so no one else knows about the ass-eating. And it's not ass-eating in that sense. I would never. But, like, Tallass and Mama Shortleg certainly did not get along very well. Gran and Lil Mahog do not get along very well at all. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, God, what were your characters in the summer one? The, uh, bold, was it Bold Marble? Yeah. <laughs> it was Bold Marble and, and Callista. Callista. In fairness, Bold Marble wasn't as bad as Chitter. That is true. Uh, I I played a trickery domain uh, cleric. I was a kenku, um, and I was a bastard. Um, I I was I think lawful evil. Uh, it was certainly either, some type of evil. It was either lawful evil or neutral evil. Um, but I just I I like to steal and harass people. And no, I, you like to mimic people and steal their voice and repeat really cursed things back to them in their own voice. That is true. Me I, specifically. I, I did enjoy that. Um, I also enjoyed, I had a variety of uh, cons that I would run. <laughs> that was funny. Um, such as creating food with a spell create food and water and then selling it and then after 24 hours that food disappears. Yeah. I'm. Didn't you get Sage to buy I some? I think I did. That sounds about right. Sometimes little little murder bird. Yeah, well, maybe not all the time. <laughs> maybe we don't need the little murder bird. <laughs> that was fun, though, because I think that was my only time really playing a, like, evil character. Yeah. Because I feel like I generally play at least a chaotic character. Or if I'm not trying to play a chaotic character, I have a very hard time of it because I think I'm just very chaotic as a person. I think it's hard to play an evil character in general. It's hard to toe the line mm-hmm. of, like, yeah. evil but still cooperating with the party. <laughs> and then evil and being an asshole. Yeah. And, like, I think it's possible, but I just... I think the problem if you're playing a game, like, with your friends is it's hard to be evil and be part of the party and not be trying to get along with them, I guess. Yeah. Like, I don't know, maybe just because you're playing with your friends, but I find it difficult to, like, do things that are against the party because they work with your character's alignment, even if it's not, like, being a total asshole, still just making things more difficult to an extent. Just kind of seems like it's less fun. Like, I feel like you're going to argue with people more. It's just kind of difficult. It's also kind of hard to justify, like, what an evil party member is doing in a party a lot of the time. 
Yeah, I feel like I feel like a lot of times the closest you can really get to evil is kind of like morally gray. Yeah. But one thing that would be pretty fun to do is like maybe as a, like a short campaign or something is like an all evil party. That would be really fun. I think that would be good. <laughs> it would just be fighting about who's actually the villain and who are just the henchmen. Oh, fuck. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a really good idea. That would be super fun. That would be really fun. It would be really uh, interesting to craft encounters, though, because, like, who are these people fighting? Yeah, I mean, that puts us at 40 minutes. You're kidding. That's a lot of minutes. That's a lot of minutes. You made an email, right? Uh, yes, I did. Let me make sure I have it correct just before I, like... Release it to the world. Before I send people over to the wrong account. Yeah, so this way, uh, anyone of you that may actually be listening to this, um, if there is anyone, uh, will be able to email us any questions you want us to answer, whether it's like D&D related as like a whole, whether it's like related to our campaign, if you want to know more. Um, you can send in your own stories of like stupid shit that your party has done or ways that you've like tormented your DM or vice versa, the way that your players have tormented you. Send us deeply embarrassing personal stories. Yes. <laughs> That's what I would like to know. And I do, I brought it up. Forgive me because it's kind of a long email, but it's like a long podcast name. Yeah. So there was no good way to shorten it without being too big. So it's Dungeoneers and then the number two and then DM. So D-U-N-G-E-O-N-E-E-R-S, the number two, DMS at gmail.com. Nice. It's. It's long. I will admit it's kind of a long email, but there's no good shortening of Dungeoneers. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I really could only shorten DMs, like, effectively. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, the acronym that I've been using is just DTDM. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, send over anything to that, and we'll try to read it on air. Um, and then now we're going to go grab our dice tray and some dice, and we're going to have Dionysus roll the D20 for this episode. <laughs> Well, that was a four. Wait, he's not that. Oh, that's a 13. I'll take it. That's Good a six, job. It's a 16. Shit, you moved it. <laughs> Do that. Uh, so 33 divided by 3 is 11. Yeah. I that's actually like a really good round. I know. I hate both of you. <laughs> I'm not great at math, but I can like average whole numbers pretty okay. Yeah. So the official thing that we're saying is that this episode's ranked an 11 out of 20. That, I think we should, I think the four was more accurate. <laughs> but I'll take the 11, I guess. That's kind. The dice have spoken. Uh, fuck, do we, should we say anything as an outro? Bye. Bye. <laughs>